0: Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. It is Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson here with you on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's live stream. Kevin, how are we doing today?
1: Hey, are you ready for the second half of 2023?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, especially if you ask me that way. Every single time, my answer is going to be yes. Kevin, I love the energy yeah. and the enthusiasm and the passion you're bringing to the show today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I had a, a little bit of caffeine this morning. I'm not sure how much, but <laughs> i wanted you just got to get it intravenously,
0: you know? Oh, no doubt. I, just- I had my 12 <laughs> cups today. I'm wearing ready to go. Hey, Kevin, we should note for folks, uh, Greg White is back on assignment. He's back on assignment. Um, and, Kevin, yeah. you are back with us, as you always are, on the 2nd. Monday of the month.
1: This is my favorite Monday.
0: Well, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite Mondays as well (laughs) because it's a special edition of the Supply Chain Buzz. It's the Digital Transformers edition. So, as always, we're going to be discussing a variety of news and developments today across global business and with an extra helping of all things technology today, since Kevin is here. And hey, we want to hear from you. I already see Josh and a few other folks. Maybe that might be Sylvia. Mom is tuned in already. Hey, we want to hear from you War, throughout wow. the show. We'll bring you already- your comments in. That's right. Um, and Kevin, if folks are listening to the podcast replay, you know, which we usually drop a, a week or so later, hey, you ought to consider joining us live, like many of these folks are on LinkedIn or YouTube or other social media channels of your choosing. We'd love to hear. From you, so Kevin.
1: Well, your thing, one thing about that live aspect of it, you know, when you're live and you can interact with these people from around the world, it's just so much more fun. I oh, mean, no. we got Kenya in the house, Germany, uh Wisconsin—that's another <laughs> country. <laughs>
0: oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin, you kind of slid that one in there. Nice. <laughs> well, then let's go. So, so Kevin. I'm with you. It does. It brings a whole different element. So let's, let's work down a few of our faves here. So we've got Josh Goody with us. He says, good morning from an overcast and refreshing Seattle. So coast to coast here, right Kevin? Yes. Uh, let's see here. Mom, Leah Luton is in the house from a rainy Aiken, South Carolina. That's just down the road. Kevin, you've been to Aiken, South Carolina.
1: I hadn't been to Aiken. That's a beautiful, nice little town there.
0: Okay. All it's right.
1: Kind of, I've never been. To, I mean, it rains. Doesn't do that often there in in uh, Carolina.
0: Does? It? Uh, I don't know. But it, it needs to rain more. I think. I think we're still on the drought <laughs> side of things. But uh, hey, I'm with Jenny. Jenny says uh, I want some of Kevin's energy. Hello yes. from <laughs> hello from freezing Johannesburg. There's snow. First time since 2012. There's snow wow. in Johannesburg. How about that? It is winter. Here it? It is oh, winter. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Jacob. As you mentioned, Jacob is tuned in from Kenya. Yeah, I bet it's Jacob. Uh, I bet. Uh, let let me know, uh, Jacob. Is that a hard J or is it uh, or is it Jacob? But regardless, welcome today uh, via LinkedIn from Kenya, Christine. You mentioned Kevin. Christine's tuned in from the Northwoods of Wisconsin. That just sounds peaceful to me.
1: Boy, you got her. They they got internet in the <laughs> Northwoods.
0: Oh, Christine, you can't let them get away with that. <laughs>
1: I mean, no, that, that is a demonstration of the power of digital transformation. That's they right. have transformed the northwards of Wisconsin.
0: That is right. Oh, man. Christine, great to have you. Hey, Gino's back with us. Great to see you, Gino. Barbara from Nashville, Tennessee. Barbara, welcome, welcome via LinkedIn. Victor is tuned in. Victor, let us know where you're tuned in from. Jerry's back with us from Vinings, which is part of Metro Atlanta. Great to see you, Jerry. Brian tuned in from Northern Kentucky. Wonderful, wonderful. Great to see you. And hey, one of our favorites, Kevin T-Squared, who holds down the Fort Force on YouTube, is back with us. Good morning, folks. Good Monday, folks. He says, bring on the nourishment and insights. So, Kevin, we can't let any of these folks down.
1: No, no, no. You got to go back a couple of stops, right? So who's um who's there in Northern Kentucky? We got a question. Okay. okay are you Louisville or are you Lexington? <laughs>
0: Okay. So that is a, let's see here. So, Brian, that's your question. So, Louisville or Kentucky? Well, Lexington, yeah. Louisville or Lexington? Where, where's your allegiance lie? So, Brian,
1: oh, let
0: us know. All right. So, Kevin, let's see here. We need to dive in before we get into, let's see. I think we got four items, a couple of news stories, and some other yes. we're going to tackle. But first, Kevin, let's offer some resources. To our friends from across the globe that all make up the uh, the greater supply chain now uh, family, let's do that, huh? And I'm going to start with Kevin. Perfect. We published with that said, it's our weekly LinkedIn newsletter. It was jam packed with news, data, tons of insights from some of our faves across global business, as well as some upcoming events. Kevin, uh, we're going to touch on in a second. We had a couple of uh, a couple of your recent works in there. Yes. as Well, and how about the picture? How about the sunrise I caught? On Harbor Island Beach in South Carolina, Kevin. How about that?
1: You want up that early? You're supposed to be on vacation. You're not supposed to get up until the sun is like way up there, (laughs) or 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 where you're out there fishing. Now, if you're out there fishing, that's okay.
0: Well, as Amanda can attest, uh, I am not one for fishing, (laughs) Uh, but it was one of my favorite things to do is get up to a sunrise on the beach. So, it's a beautiful picture! Yeah, man, it was it was hot. But it was gorgeous, folks. Check out. With that said, uh, we've got over twenty-two thousand subscribers to this newsletter. We're about forty editions, so I guess we're coming up on about our our one-year anniversary. But y'all check that out. That's huge. Yeah, man, it's really it's been rewarding uh, as me and the team put that together. But y'all check that out. And then secondly, Kevin, speaking oh, of resources, we've got an upcoming webinar coming up. Uh, let's see, on July thirteenth. That's this week. Uh, Acting on the power of spend visibility. We're going to be offering up a roadmap that will lead to big outcomes and results with our friends from Omnia Partners. Kevin, if you can't see it, you can't manage it, you can't use it, you can't leverage it, you got to be able to see it at least, right?
1: Yeah, but it's about watching your money fly out the window. (laughs) How depressing is that? At least it's depressing to (laughs) me. But no, you do have to manage it. And it's real, there's real empowerment when you understand where your money is going if you're just watching it go out you have no you can't link it to some value that that you are uh, either receiving or delivering to the business or organization then it's just the waste so that's, that's right. why that that um webinar could be so powerful so empowering to uh, anyone that 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 that's working in business
0: really that's right so folks uh, join us on July 13th and by the way uh, big thanks to Amanda Catherine behind the scenes helping to make uh, production happen. She, they have been dropping the links to both. With that said, we've dropped a link to the Omnia Partners webinar that we just touched on, and and I've got one more resource I want to I want to offer up. But before we do that, Kevin, yes, Brian is answering you. So far more north. Oh yes. Uh, so he he's just outside of Cincinnati.
1: Cincinnati. Oh wow.
0: But he does love both Lexington and Louisville. <laughs> How about oh, that, that?
1: Well, actually, is that closer to Frankfurt? I think, oh. it, I mean, I mean uh, okay, well, it's okay, I'll let you slide this time. Next time you go. <laughs> let me slide this time. No geography. Yeah. As long as you're here for the second Monday of every month. That's right. And and we <laughs> promise no
0: geogra- uh, geography quizzes. We promise no geography quizzes. Um, All right. Hey, one more thing I want to offer up to people, uh, resource-wise. So, Kevin, you contributed a guest blog to our friends at VMware. And, you know, a lot of folks may not know that you were a naval aviator on active duty with U.S. Navy back in the day. Um, And so Yeah. so, what you did here is you kind of took lessons learned from formation flying, like folks, like you're seeing in the Blue Angels right there, and applied it to business, especially like M&A. And I think one of the main messages was uh, <laughs> leveraging multi-cloud technology. Tell us more, Kevin.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, um, I was a Blue Angel, just to get this clear. <laughs> <laughs> you I were not I a heard- member
0: of the Blue Angels. I got yeah,
1: you. Lady. But um, the, the, the truth is, when you're flying in formation, you have to, uh, as I say, keep your head on the swivel and watch everything you have to um, adjust your power so you don't go too fast or too slow. Right. You gotta watch your altitude as you go up or you go down. But you have to do all of this without looking inside the aircraft Mm. because you're looking outside of the aircraft at your lead, right? Um, Because it's all about your relative position uh, with your lead. That's what Mm. you're managing, you know? Um, and, and that's exactly what you do in business, right? Mm -hmm. You look outside to your competitors, to your partners, to your entire ecosystem, like your information. No, are you doing with your ecosystem? Are you going against it? Are you too slow, too fast, too high, too low? What adjustments that you, that you have to make? inside of the aircraft, just like what adjustments you have to make inside of a business. Mm. And when you're doing a merger or acquisition many times, that's simply so that you can reposition yourself in your ecosystem, in your business mm. ecosystem, just like you may reposition yourself in, in a formation. Mm. So I'm doing this, uh, this series with VMware because VMware has, um, if you not know as VMware, they actually uh, manage a lot of the virtual infrastructure uh, of many uh, cloud service providers. Um, and organizations today are using more than one uh, cloud service provider. Mm. Yeah, you know, uh, they, they can use three or four, uh, wow. sometimes many more cloud service providers. So this is a multi-cloud environment. So just sort of a a play on words. You know, I I used to fly and, you know, I saw the pilots. So so now with VMware, I'm acting as the multi-cloud technology pilot. (laughs) Well,
0: hey, (laughs) with all that going on, we got to make sure we maintain really strong control towers, right? Air traffic what? control towers, right? Yes, yes. Um, I love the backdrop, and we're gonna have to dive in deeper there. Um, but I love, I, I enjoyed the read, and folks, y'all check that out. We we'll dropped a link to that in the 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 chat there. Hey, I want to recognize a few other folks really quick before we get to the first story about UPS and what's going on there. Let's see here, Chandra Shuker, tra- uh, Chandra Shaker, uh Let's see here, Chandra. Yeah, I'll tell you, (laughs) Chandra Schrecker. I I think I've got that right. If I don't, please let us know, of course. But regardless, welcome, welcome, welcome. He uh, hails from India. Uh, He's here via LinkedIn. So welcome to you. Great to have you here. And hey, Natalie's back with us. Natalie, great to see you. She says she's traveling other places this summer and will have to miss the Carolina beaches and those beautiful sunrise and sunsets. How about that?
1: Well, wherever she's going... I'm sure there's the sunrise and a sunset.
0: So I sure hope there is one, or we're all going to find out some we're in trouble, right? right. Um, <laughs> all right. So Kevin, we got to get into. So we got four, at least four things to dive into here. Yeah, today. we got to work. We got to work now. I was having so much fun. Got to get to work. Got to get to work, <laughs> folks. We would love to. Uh, we'd love to get your take as we work our way through each of these stories and and uh, reads. So I want to start with probably, the uh, at least here in the States, one of the most dominant uh, supply chain news stories, and that is what's going on with UPS and the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, right? Now, Kevin, as really? has been reported on constantly for several weeks now, a labor contract impasse has some thinking, some, that a strike is right around the corner. Now, as this Supply Chain Dive article reports here, one of the major holdups and negotiations um, is pay for part-time employees. Now, that gap between the two sides on the uh, on the other sides of the table Never. is supposedly 6 to 7 bucks an hour is the gap between the two sides. Right. If an agreement is not reached in the next few weeks, some 340,000 Teamsters are preparing to go on strike on August 1st. So the clock is ticking. Now, I'm going to go on record to say, Kevin, this is just my take, my opinion. See, look, I just don't see all parties letting a strike happen. UPS carries about 6% of the gross domestic product in the U.S. across its network. In 2022, Kevin, this figure, hang yeah. on to your socks. Hang on to your socks, all I'm going to say. Got it. All right. yeah. <laughs> UPS <laughs> carried on average 20.8 million packages wow. a day in the States last year. The last UPS strike was in 1997, and of course, the whole world, the whole universe has changed dramatically since then. The Biden administration hasn't gotten involved yet, as they want to give, of course, collective bargaining and negotiations a a chance. But I just don't see all parties, including the government, allowing a crippling, a crippling strike to take place. So, Kevin, would love to know your thoughts here as we talk about UPS and Teamsters and their negotiations.
1: Well well first of all, uh, society has changed dramatically since ninety uh, seven, right? We have um completely transformed the way we buy from being physical going to physical stores to drawing everything online. I mean that that uh, brown truck was in front of my house at least four times a week. Right. <laughs> yeah, hey, well. Um and uh, uh this is is really a threat to um, our economy as, as we recover, um, and we I'm, I'm sure we haven't forgotten uh, the pain that we went through mm. uh, with uh, supply chain issues uh, just a, just a short year ago, right? So, um, and I, I really don't think neither UPS or the teachers want. To 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 do this, um, they're going to find a way. You're not going to understand both sides, but I believe they will work to find a way to to avoid this. It's just there's there's no value in it right. for, uh, to make this, not to make this happen.
0: Oh, and it would be really bad news. We're we're already seeing uh, groups like FedEx communicate it's, to the market, uh, kind of the, the contingency plans and how they'll approach it and all that stuff. But let's face it um there is no uh 100% backup plan where a <laughs> strike takes place and then everything keeps moving through alternative means this would be a major major disruption yeah uh, cool. and and given where we are right now kevin and to your i think you touched on kind of as everything took place during the pandemic and and we realized some some falsehoods in some of the industry thinking out there and and, and um uh, I just don't think I don't think at this juncture you know, 1997 was a lot different than 2023. And based on everything else that's going on in the world right now, and yeah. uh, we're, we're thankfully through the pandemic and post pandemic and had those lessons, those painful lessons learned. I just don't see a strike being allowed to happen. You know, Kevin, kind of uh, not exactly similarly, but, you know, the, the railroad strike uh, right. was was, was know, reported on for months. And disaster was averted. So, you know, Kevin, I think I think we're going to find a, a similar outcome here. Would you agree? I don't know.
1: DHO is looking good, Charles. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe all the brown trucks turn yellow.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But look what Jerry says. Jerry says in this labor environment, which is a challenging one. Yeah. Let's be honest. If you're going to go, if you're going to strike, this is the time to do it is what Jerry says. Labor is in a strong position. Good point, Jerry. Done. Good point. Okay. So, Kevin, that's just the first story we're getting to today. We're gonna to keep our finger on the pulse, of course, and see what uh we've got about three weeks, three weeks before the August first. Plenty deadline. of
1: time. You know, they don't that's really right. sit down until like what third
0: hours. Well, yeah, we've talked about that before too. But yeah, three weeks feels like an eternity uh right now. Um, all right. So moving right along, I want to share this second story. I wish I wish. With the second story, we could um, maybe revert back to making things easier for our supply chain uh, brethren out there across the globe. But in our second story, our friends at the Wall Street Journal reported on the development that shouldn't surprise anyone. China announced a decision last week to clamp down on the export of two minerals that are used in a wide variety of critical products around the world to include semiconductors, solar panels, even missile systems. Last week, China announced it would be restricting the export of the minerals gallium and germanium. I think I got both of those things right. Might. It is largely seen as a response to the US, uh, it's, uh, U.S.'s move last October to limit China's access to advanced semiconductor chips through a variety of different ways. Now, as we've discussed, Kevin, on this show and lots of other shows time and time again, China dominates the mineral industry, dominates about two-thirds of the world's lithium and cobalt supply is at least processed in China. It's the source for about 60% of the world's aluminum, 80% of polysilicon, which is used in solar panels, and rare earth minerals. Well, it accounts for at least the refining of about 90% of the world's supply. 90%. Yeah. yeah. The US government and many other aligned countries are working on diversifying the sourcing for all of these minerals and minerals. But you know, these Global supply chains, of course, aren't going to be built overnight. It'll take years. Regulate, I mean, just j- just the regulation side, it's which they're trying you know, to streamline. Yeah, you know, much less all the technical expertise. Uh, but it's no secret as China is looking to leverage uh, what it has in the present situation. Uh, so Kevin would love to know your thoughts here on this uh, on this move by China. Well, you know,
1: nothing in the world. Um, has more uh, effect on supply chain than the geopolitics. And the geopolitics that's going on right now uh, between the great countries um, is uh, very, very fragile. Uh, And just over the past two weeks, I guess, we've had the Secretary of State uh, from the U.S. uh, visit China, which I guess didn't go too well. Just before that, our uh, president Biden called Xi Jinping a dictator. That, that right. wasn't anything. <laughs> and then uh, Yeltsin, the uh, uh, Secretary of Treasury, went like just last week, right? I don't, I don't think things uh, were well with, with, with that. But you also got to remember that China right now is going through a uh, tremendous financial upheaval. Mm. Um, because the their real estate bubble is just blew up um they have so much uh um, so many apartments and, and, and buildings uh mm-hmm. that uh that are not people aren't living in right right um, the uh the supply is like 300 percent of the uh demand and this isn't China, right? I mean, how can, how can you have not enough, you know, not enough people to fill the the uh, the apartments and uh, housing in, in China? It's really weird.
0: To your point, Kevin, I was reading over the weekend uh, to what the point main point you're making is that uh, the financial challenges to uh, inside the country, you know, because information coming out can be very limited at times. Yeah, but they're really underreported. There are some dire components of the Chinese economy that, you know, could be uh, be reaching a, a boiling over point. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. They need this trade, right? Mm. They need this trade. Um, there's uh, unemployment in, in China is going pretty bad. They, they still haven't recovered from, from COVID. I mean, mm. when, the, when the rest of the world is trying to come back, they went into a harsh lockdown. So, you know, this is, I believe this is more geopolitical okay. than anything else. But, um, you know, the US and, and China, you know, what we'll was um This uh, competition.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's an interesting point. That is a very interesting point because it, despite the tit for tat, trade war and and geopolitical uh gamesmanship that's taking place. Let's face it, to your point, they they got their economies, they they gotta have each other, right? Yeah, it's a very yeah. interesting dichotomy. Uh but hey, regardless, uh it'd be interesting to see how this move, what will be the next corresponding move, Kevin, because you know there's one coming. There's one. Yeah, there's many coming. We're just pawns. That's right. <laughs> that is right. All right. So Kevin, we're gonna move right along. Are you good? Yes, sir. All right. So, quick blurb, folks. Uh, so, you know, Kevin and I both just shared on the front end uh, a variety of resources and events, and uh, and and a lot more insider information, I'll call it. So, if you don't want to miss any of that information, any of those opportunities, any of those tools, uh, resources, those that live programming, hey, we both want to encourage you to join the Now community, and we're dropping a link to that. You can sign up and uh, we're reaching out just about daily to make sure folks are aware of all the great resources out there, Kevin, to try to make life a little bit easier on our supply, on our really our global business community. That's what we're after, right, Kevin?
1: I mean, in today's world, you have to know what's happening now. Uh, (laughs) And that's what we're providing. You know, it's so dynamic, so variable, and it's global. That's right. And it's much broader than just supply chain. I mean, supply chain affects everything, which means everything affects supply chain. So right. worldwide, you really need to understand track business now.
0: That's right. So join, join, join. We got the link here. Y'all can uh, use this. It's a very easy sign up form too. Uh, by design, we didn't want to ask you for twenty seven things. This is very simple. It'll there take you them. 27 seconds. Um, hey, Kevin. Before we move to the next story, uh, this uh, we're just you know talking about China. Josh says, yeah. "Hey, they're also having labor issues. Wonder if the flip side is they're building a reserve of those minerals while making a political statement against the U.S. and building a reserve." Hey, it seems like two birds, one stone scenario. Kevin, could be what? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, the Chinese are smart. They're they're trying to they're going to keep playing. Um, well uh, are in the field. Um this is a this is a major driver in everything in, right. in the world.
0: And you know, Kevin, as you know as well, China um big picture thinkers, right? Big yeah, they're not looking long, around, yeah.
1: They they have a long view of things.
0: That's right. That's right. This go is on. why
1: this is why you didn't let Greg come to the show today.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> 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 I'll listeners I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> know what I'm talking about.
0: So I gotta I gotta just go ahead and let that cat out of the bag. So what <laughs> Kevin's <not> having what. <laughs> a little fun with is uh Greg makes and, and uh Greg, if you're listening, we miss you, of course, but Greg makes no bones about his view on uh, the communist party in China and what they do and always makes for some interesting conversation. So yeah, Kevin, that was not part of my plan. I promise. T um, squared says, Hey, cooperation equals connect and develop kind of yeah. like a Procter and Gamble um, situation. That also reminds me his uh, T squared, his comment. Uh, there was a lot of waves over the weekend, Kevin, about Elon Musk or it might've been Friday. Mm-hmm. Where he he made, and I didn't read the story, and I didn't, re- so I didn't see it ex- from Elon Musk. But something about um, socialist values, some kind of commitment, if I read that right, to socialist values or something. Do you see anything about that, Kevin? So,
1: uh, Mr. Musk has um, quite a, a viewpoint uh, that at times sort of uh, contradicts what you would expect. Uh, some, of someone that um, support the typical values in in the United States. So, yes. um, so I I did see that. Um, I also understand that uh, he's kind of upset at the competition that Meta is bringing up. I guess a direct clone of of Twitter.
0: Right, Threads. Um, right.
1: Yeah, Threads. Absolutely, and it. It, it has become the fastest growing social media uh, platform ever because they're wow. basically taking they're, they're making it really easy for Instagram. If you don't know, you no know, Meta owns Instagram. Meta owns WhatsApp. Meta owns Facebook, <laughs> and they're really making it easy for people on any of those platforms to get. A thread account, um, and the uh, uh, the users of the meta platforms are yeah. uh, you know are uh, much larger uh, than the the, the Twitter uh, platform, so uh, they could be in, in trouble. And, and you know, it's not a secret right. that many Twitter users are very unhappy with what's been happening on that platform.
0: Right, it is. It is <laughs> fascinating. Business schools will be studying these social media wars uh, down the road. I'm sure a lot, uh, but who knows? We'll see how this Threads thing. I've, I've seen mixed reviews so far, yeah. But also, I read a report this morning that they've approached uh, a million user or a hundred million users already on Threads. That's strong, yes. uh, For lack of a better phrase, and that's like in just a handful of days, Kevin. I think that's uh, what, three or four or five days or something like that. A hundred million. Users, yes. So who knows? It could be better with Meta, Kevin. Who well,
1: knows? <laughs> well, I mean, Twitter only has about well, only has about two hundred thirty-seven million users. So fifty percent of Twitter in just a in just a few days.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. Well, who knows? Uh, and, and, and thank you for very eloquently addressing. I know that was a uh, uh, kind of a, a right turn we hadn't planned on. Um, addressing Elon Musk's uh, comments in the last few days. So, Kevin, I think you put it very eloquent, as you always do. So thank what- you for that. And as Catherine says, yeah, Threads is growing very quickly. And Catherine, big thanks to you and Amanda behind the scenes helping to make uh, production happen. Wait, All
1: right. That could be a um, a good question, Honor. uh This is the value of being here live, okay? Would you consider leaving Twitter for threads oh. why, don't, why don't we ask a uh, live audience so just, what, hey that's, what,
0: that's uh, a great idea kevin I, I don't know if we have polling i don't think we have polling on this platform but let's, let's just do it informally so to all there. the folks that may be listening you may be in the comments you, you may if you're too big let's preface this by saying hey if you're a current regular twitter user do you plan on leaving twitter and moving the threads, or do you plan but on using both? Yeah. Right. Let us know. Give us your feedback. Um, all right. So, Kevin, we got to keep moving here. And where but, I want to go next uh, with um, a planned item, unlike uh, <laughs> Elon's. Yes. <laughs> Planning. Imagine that. Uh, here, I want to talk about this great read. From our friends at Supply Chain Management Review on this important topic, critical topic yes. of evaluating success of changes across your supply chain. Kevin, tell us more. Well,
1: you know, uh, we've already talked about the way that supply chains are evolving uh, quickly. They're evolving their processes and their systems because they they have to be they have to um, embrace uh, digital. Uh, So organizations investing more and more time and resources to undertake these time Mm. management uh, projects. Uh, The the, uh, graphic you show there um, talks about uh, the stage that organizations are in with respect to the adoption of digital transformation. And, uh, you know, there's always a 2%. <laughs> yeah, what, Kevin, what in
0: the world? So, folks, just to, uh, let me, if I can interject for one second here. So, this this figure we're showing from the article from Supply Chain Management Review, it's uh, the current state of adoption of digital transformation in supply chain, right? And you've got different categories from the 16% that say, that say fully implemented and adopted with continuous improvement. So, that's the best of the best, those 16%. All the way down to the 2% Kevin called out, which right, that right. bucket was not undergoing or planning a digital transformation. Kevin, who makes up that 2%? Who makes up that
1: 2%? It must be the caveman. Fred, <laughs>
0: Fred like, like, Flintstone. Fred <laughs> and Wilma Flintstone. That's right.
1: Right. Or the people that just already plan to go out of business because that's where they're going. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Get this. Uh, supply chain now says, is that Is that like the 2%, the one out of 10 dentists that don't recommend sensitized Toothpaste? I guess so. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, All right, so Kevin, thank you for letting me interject. But tell us more about uh, um, managing, but also evaluating successful change in supply chain.
1: Well, okay, so let's talk about the 98%. (laughs) Right. So what do they do when when they do uh, digitally transform the organization? Where the top component for implementing digital transformation is upgrading or actually implementing ERP systems across their organization. This is like 44% of the um, uh, respondents said that's what they're doing. Number two is advanced analytics. You know, it's all about visibility. Visibility is important, and you can get that from the ERP system, but you have to Data is not enough. You actually have to g- get insights from that data. And the advanced analytics takes that data and provides insights so that you can do actionable, take uh, actionable actions. That's right. probably not a good term, actionable <laughs> options, <laughs> But uh, relevant actions- Yes. Uh, to enhance uh, your digital, uh, uh, your supply chain process. And number three, is artificial intelligence and cognitive uh, computing. So using the computer to actually understand or let the computer tell you what this data is showing you. Uh, So uh, that's like 33. A third of the respondents are actually using artificial intelligence on this data. Um, But one of the most important aspects of it, you know, you, you you can't uh, improve anything if you don't measure it. So people really are measuring their digital transformation. Right. And when, when it comes to measurement, it's not just uh, one domain. They're measuring it from a technical point of view. Uh, they're measuring the amount, the value that this digital transformation is delivering. And they're also measuring uh, how humans are reacting—behavioral measurements um, of the digital transformation. So, uh, from the, the measurements, 51% of the respondents are actually measuring the key project milestones, and can, right. that's important. So you can know, you know, if you are actually uh, going down the track for uh, digital transformation. The number two technical measurement is speed of execution. Uh, as far as value, how valuable is this, uh, a 51% are actually measuring the value via employee feedback. What do the humans say <laughs> about right. digital transformation? And 46 on measuring employee satisfaction. So a lot of the value from digital transformation is really supporting the humans. And third, the third way of measuring, behavioral measurements, uh, they're measuring how fast these digital, digitalization improvements are being adopted or used. uh, And 32% of the uh, respondents are doing that. And readiness is uh, comes in number two as one of the measures for digital transformation. So what this says is that ninety eight percent of all businesses are doing digital transformation right. and really watching, they're really measuring it, and they're they're getting value. This is important.
0: Uh, absolutely, uh, especially because not only, and we're going to touch on this here uh, momentarily, not only do customers expect it suppliers expected and clearly employees and team members, especially top talent expected. So Kevin, uh, a lot of good stuff there. Um, and I, I <laughs> the 2%, I can't go to that 2%, <laughs> uh, but I should point out, I want to make sure everyone understands. So supply chain management, uh, supply chain management review published this research that was led by the APQC. That's what Kevin was referring to there. And, You know, how to measure success. I think one of the critical, um, overarching questions that that whole art, the whole, all that research and the article really points to is getting business leaders to deliberately lean into the the key question of, hey, how are we going to measure success? Yes. On all projects, big and small, all points in between. Critical question for business leaders to ask of any project. And again, I want to call out two things there that Kevin, you touched on as you were sharing all the research. According that- to that, APQC, APQC. Try to say that five times fast. <laughs>
1: You're telling me having a
0: workout today, <laughs> man. It's just not cooperating. Uh, the top two measures used by organizations, and Kevin touched on this. Key project milestones. Are we making them right? Mm-hmm. And employee feedback. Right. Those are the, those are where uh, the, that's the majority are using those two top measures for, hey, how are we handling change? And are we handling it successfully? So a lot of good stuff there, Kevin. Um, all right. Before we move on to the the final item, I want to go back because we got some feedback from a few folks, Kevin. On, oh, they're yeah, listening. Yeah, I, yeah that's not, right. Not, not, not. Hey, listen to us. So Catherine, I want to start with her. She says that she hasn't used Twitter in years, but she hopped on threads very quickly. And Catherine says she loves seeing brands interact in short form, approachable ways. I agree with you. Uh, Let's see here. Now, Jerry brings up an interesting point. Jerry says, given how Meta manipulated information on (laughs) Facebook, I assume they will be doing the same thing on threads. So no, Jerry says, I will not be joining. All right. So I guess it's important for us to throw out there, Kevin, obligatory disclaimer. Uh, The views of all of our commenters (laughs) aren't necessarily (laughs) the positions of the host and supply chain. Now I'm just messing with you, Jerry, but that's good. Kevin. So,
1: I I appreciate your statement. I agree with your statement. But I do you think Twitter isn't manipulating mm, the data point. also? I mean, this is part of the basic foundational business model of all uh social media platforms. Yes. Is leverage that data to improve uh the bottom line for shareholders. I mean, yes. to be honest, it is a business. no does like, matter if you're on Twitter or Threads or, you know, uh, what they call fire signal. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's running that platform right, uh, is going to manipulate the
0: business. Uh, let's see here. And Jerry says, good point, Kevin. Let's see. I love that. <laughs> I love <laughs> Uh, how we can we can have different views and different opinions, and uh, so good stuff there, Jerry. Um, yeah, just, let's see
1: here. I like if you're looking at this on the you know on demand, then you couldn't do this on demand. Right.
0: You got to be here a lot. That's right. That is right. <laughs> and it's speaking to that point. So, Doctor Obama, I think I've I got that right. Welcome. Glad you're here via LinkedIn. She's asking about the difference between the two. Um, I'll see if there's maybe the team can can drop a link uh, of, of, of an article kind of contrasting, comparing the two. Uh, but I have not jumped on threads yet, so I can only offer some perspective through some third parties. I don't want to do that here. So we'll see if we can't find a resource for you. Um, speaking of resources, Kevin, Good speaking of resources, Stephanie asked, hey, where can we find the now link? Stephanie, thank you for asking. Uh, We were going to drop that link in the chat, so it's really easy for you to join. I think we've got it. uh, Let's see here. I've got it right here. Calculating the mind, you're on the case. That's right. That is right. And we'll drop it again, and that should be one click away from joining the NOW community. Thanks for that uh, question, Stephanie. And let's see here. Gerardo, Gerardo, great to see you here. Thanks for sharing the chart. Supply Chain Management Review is a great source of information for supply chain enthusiasts. Thank you, Gerardo. Man, that is, Gerardo has got five certifications, Kevin. Yes. Man. Uh, you know, I have like a, a problem in my elbow right here. Could you me? <laughs> he's, he's, he's basically a PhD in, oh, in global business.
1: Oh, that's MID, not MD. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> hey, Gerardo, uh, welcome. And man, that is some serious credentials. Great to have you here yes. today. All right. So, Kevin, we are moving right along and we've got. One more article that we want to hit here today. I'm going to bring up this graphic. I love this graphic. It reminds me of uh, Super Mario Brothers or something. Huh? <laughs> um, all right. So, Kevin, yes. interesting article here from our friends at CSCMP, and uh, Mehmed Tiro, I think I got that right. Well, what? they write on how digital transformation can unlock entirely new levels of employee satisfaction. Kevin, this is right up your alley. Tell us more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So technology is not replacing humans. Newsflash, newsflash, you're <laughs> <we're> still here. <laughs> it's enabling humans to spend time being the very best versions of themselves, like me, right? Over the weekend, I was sitting in my screen house sleeping, <laughs> and being the best version of myself on 4th of July. Uh, But what's more important to know is that individuals are really embracing digital optimization in their own personal life, Mm. okay? Uh, They're already living digitally optimized and enhanced lives. Uh, When's the last time you've been on Amazon, okay? How about your medical records, Uh, how about appointments? Um, you get all that at a touch as an uh, at the touch of an app. That's another question. How many apps do you have on your smartphone?
0: Well, Kevin, Uh, got a quick comment there. Yeah, everybody and their brother and their sister, if you want to go get a gumball out of a gum gumball machine if they still that's have those you... they want you to download an app right it's crazy <laughs> i miss the days of good old-fashioned just simple transactions whatever just, i don't have to sign penny up penny, anything. Right? do you right. have a penny
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right. so in fact um as of 2020 and that's a few years ago there were 5.2 billion smartphone users in the world mm. right um That's 66% of the global population that that have adopted digital, uh, are looking to digitally optimize their lives. And uh, two-thirds of the world have some type of connected device that they're using. And over half, 54% of the respondents to the survey have three or more different cloud services. Right? We're just talking about social media, believe it or not? that is a cloud service. Uh, what about your email that you use on your smartphone? That's a cloud service. What about music that you're listening to? That's a cloud service. What about Netflix that you look at? That's a cloud service right okay? Um but you know once again uh, when they they are all the subscriptions, right? How many subscriptions do you have? <laughs> But 44% of the survey respondents say that they have saved money with these cloud services. Right. Okay. And on the other, that's in their personal lives. On the professional lives, 46 of supply chain professionals say that by implementing cloud-based services, uh, they have been able to collaborate better in the workplace, and that problems that they have in their business are solved twice as quickly as without Mm. uh, digital optimization. So this means that it really boosts the morale uh, in an organization, and it has a multiplying effect on worker productivity, uh, because not only does the technology make the job faster and easier, but employees, are faster and can take additional workload. Yay, you want the Uh because they are more motivated. So, you know, that's those 2%, like I said before, they're just going out of business. They're dissolved. <laughs> because go out of all their business.
0: Uh, you know, I, no. I've heard it say, uh, let's see, NJ Schumacher, when I was in Cape Town, put it mm-hmm. bluntly Evolve or die is what <laughs> NJ said. <laughs> um, so the whole Kevin has been walking us through this read from our friends at CSCMP, uh entitled Digital Transformation Unlocks New Levels of Employee Satisfaction. So y'all check that out. We got a link to that in the chat. Kevin, I want to I wanna add a couple more things, which I bet we're gonna be kindred spirits around. Okay. Uh hey, burnout and stress levels across global. not just global supply chain, but global business are yeah. extremely high. So I, I liked What you were implying there is how can we as business leaders make life easier for our people, especially by leveraging the right technology at the right time? It's a critical question because our team members, by and large, I mean, over 99%, they want to be successful and do big things, right? So how do we empower them? That is the billion dollar, the trillion dollar question. Also, Kevin and uh, who was it? Maybe Jerry was pointing out. Yeah, I think Jerry was pointing out. This workforce environment, this challenging workforce environment rent. Well, dude, if you want to hire top talent, Kevin, I don't know why I just dropped in the dude there, but I did. So let's just strike strike that. Uh, but if you want to hire top talent in this tough hiring market, hey, that top talent often wants to be part of teams that are super users of modern technology. No faxes, right. Rolodexes, no dial-up modems or other relics <laughs> of years gone by. Kevin, if you want yeah. if you want to if you want to make it easier for your current team to succeed, and you want to add to your current team with the heavy hitters out there, you got to lean into digital transformation, right?
1: Right, absolutely. <laughs> Just like, I mean, we were uh, talking uh, before the show today um, about uh, some company uh, that refused to have attachments on their email. Talk about <laughs> anti technology. <laughs> <laughs> digital transformation that's what i'm talking about how can you move forward if you can't have attachments on your email
0: <laughs> that's right i'm with you i'm with you and hey gerardo uh i love this here gerardo and i don't know if i said this i think i said it's pretty sure i might have said it here a minute ago but yeah like gerardo says this does remind me of the mario brothers <laughs> as well right uh talk about your digital transformation um okay So, Kevin, a lot of good stuff there. Gerardo also said, let me see if I can share his other comment. This might fill up the screen a little bit, so I'm I'm just going to read this. So, talking about automation, Gerardo says, the 2023 Gartner Top Supply Chain webinar mentioned that Amazon has highly advanced planning activities, almost 95% managed by AI and machine learning. Actually, this is Gerardo still talking. Actually, I took note of it and was very surprised. This level of AI appears to be more likely in the future. And not a current capability. Very impressive and exp- explains why they're on the master's list.
1: Yeah, I wanna um, disagree with Gerardo uh, and Ludicate there. Okay. Because it is a current capability. Uh, uh, you know, 100% of the uh, top 10 companies in the world are leveraging AI in their operations, in their real time operations today. Okay, so um, if you're not looking at artificial uh, uh you're way behind. Right. Uh, if you're looking at using it, you're a little bit behind.
0: <laughs> that always reminds me of superstitious, and I'm just a little stitious when you said it yeah. right now, Kevin. Um, well, and I want to just add to that a, a little a wrinkle. Um, you know, speaking of Gartner, when Mike Griswold was with us, one of his last appearances, Kevin, uh, he mentioned that more and more in this era, your customers are going to be machines. Yeah. You know, that, that, that is a fascinating and very accurate uh, statement that got a lot of response from our audiences there.
1: How many of you have a, um, a car that's connected to the Internet?
0: Most now, I would imagine, right?
1: Isn't that a machine that, you know, different service providers have to provide, you have to make it easy for the car. Right. To bring music. Um, General Motors, in fact, has sort of rebranded itself, is trying to rebrand itself as a mobile environment. It's not about the vehicle. It's about the environment inside the, the mm. vehicle. So that is an industry where services are actually servicing the machine.
0: Right, excellent point. Um, all right, folks. Man, we have run run the gamut here today. Uh, was this clock?
1: Here, slow up, uh, Amanda. <laughs> um, uh, one. Right. So, clock was going too fast.
0: <laughs> A lot of great comments and pr- uh, perspective from our the smartest audience in all the world, and that is our 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 fam here. Um, okay, Kevin. Before we go, uh, I want to make sure we touch on. One of the latest shows that we released on Digital Transformers with the one and only Sally Eve, Stronger Together, Elevating Network Security. Tell us, what what are your favorite parts of this this conversation here?
1: Well, actually, my favorite part was Sally. (laughs) But other than that, I mean, she is so smart. Uh, We had this great conversation. It was sort of a a, uh, look back uh, on the four days that we spent together in San Francisco. During the RSA Security uh, event, uh, we did we did two live streams a day together uh, for those four days, just sort of observing what was happening during the event, highlighting all the activities uh, and how it was really uh, showcased. How when it comes to cyber security, we're all stronger together if we work together and collaborate on, on that. And more important is how important the network is in supporting business and a secure network in supporting business. So I wanna, I wanna thank ATG Business, mm-hmm. uh, one of our major sponsors, uh, for giving us the opportunity uh, to uh, participate in RSA and really take, take some time out and uh, download or view Uh, The Stronger Together, Elevating Network Security, my video podcast with Sally and I.
0: It's a good one. I'll tell you, it's a good one. Uh, Beyond the expertise exchange, the energy between the two of y'all, lots of chemistry there. Uh, The other thing I want to add, two two thoughts. Um, First off, especially when you're talking to uh, a global supply chain audience, that Stronger Together phraseology is so critical because, as we all know, it's not just about protecting our organization. The whole ecosystem's got to be secure, right? And the second thing I want to point out, Kevin, is congrats to you and the Digital Trans- Transformers team. That's episode 60. That is, a, that is an accomplishment. You know, a lot of folks don't realize, Kevin, uh, a lot of folks don't realize that are out there, you know, there's there's depending on who you get your numbers from yeah there's yeah, some yeah. around 3 million podcasts out there and growing every day um but most the overwhelming majority of the podcasts out there don't have more than 12 episodes because it's challenged it's so challenging to consistently put good content out you know build an audience and and certainly make a living <laughs> well look we're
1: we have made it to 60 because of our audience and their their continued interaction so thank you. Thank you very much for all the support that you, you've provided um, over the short, I guess long been a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. And, you know, just like on television, you're always striving. They're striving to get 100 so they can go into
0: syndication.
1: Where, <laughs> <what's it? laughs> where We're striving for 100 now. Thank
0: you. Uh, wow. Well, like hey, this pace is right around the corner because, of, as you put it, uh, the audience, and of course, great partners like AT and T as uh, uh, one of the big sponsors, especially for y'all's uh, reporting there from the RSA conference. So good stuff there. Um, okay, Kevin. Yes. So in the last minute here, let's make sure folks know how to connect with you, how they they can be part of of all the cool stuff you've got going on. How can folks reach out and connect with you, Kevin? Well, you can always
1: find me on Digital Transformers. Uh, we uh, and uh, we we. Release a new episode the uh, last Monday of every month, and but if you can't wait till last Monday, the second Monday of every month, we're right here, right here <laughs> on the bug and uh, on the supply but, chain launch. Yes, on supply chain bodies, but also LinkedIn, Kevin L Jackson on LinkedIn or on Twitter, and uh, I don't have the threads handle yet.
0: <laughs> it's coming. It is coming. But hey. Kevin's always a pleasure. Really enjoy our conversations here today. Thank
1: you. Enjoyed this as
0: well. This was fun. It was. uh, Greg, Greg missed out. (laughs) He did, but hey, he'll be back. Uh, Stay tuned, folks. Next Monday, let's see, July seventeenth. Unbelievable. That's gonna be next Monday. We're already. will be in mid July. Uh, But on behalf of our entire team here. Thanks for showing up because Kevin's right. It's all about y'all out there that tune in, whether in our live programming or our podcast programming or social or you name it, really appreciate all the perspective dropped here on us via the chat. Uh, Kevin, big thanks to you. Big thanks to Catherine, Amanda, and all the folks behind the scenes, but folks, whatever you do on this Monday, right? Every sunrise, we talked on the front end about sunrises. I love a good sunrise, Kevin. And one of the reasons I do, is because it presents new opportunities, right? Every single day you have choices you can make, right? And one of the choices that we encourage you to make here is take something, take this, take a moment of brilliance Kevin had or our audience members had and take it and put it into action. Deeds, not words, right? And on that note, on behalf of our entire team, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, to give forward and to be the change. We'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community.